Welcome, welcome. This is the VGP Radio sixth episode, and sadly, but thankfully, it's also the last episode of season one, uh, our first season of the VGP Radio. Uh, you are with me. Exactly, because we all got hired by IGN, and we're going to be hosting. No, we're not going to be hosting anything. No, we're not. We're that would have been cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going. <laughs> I'm not going back to that road. Oh again. my god! <laughs> I want to work for IGN. <laughs> fuck you! Don't don't hold me back. It's an ambition okay, fine. for me. Go work, oh, man. Go work. You just dropped the first go F work. bomb, and, and you didn't even warn us minutes. like all the other episodes. That's not IGN doesn't go censor work. me. Go work with a corporate. Go work with a corporation, man. Go work. Go work with a man. All right. You're a fun I'm a corporation. socialist here. <laughs> I love money, but I'm socialist. Anyway, so. <laughs> No comments. Absolute no comments. Sixth episode, and you are here with myself, Nazir Ferris, and of course, uh, Mazen Abdullah. Hello, As Mazen. Always. What up? And we have, of course, our third co host, uh, Luciano Rahal. Hello, Luciano, who recently got his new job. Hello. Yep. yep. Working what's for up, IGN. As the, no, he's not for IGN. No one here is working for IGN. <laughs> We did yeah, just actually, plug IGN. I'm, I'm, working, times. I'm, I'm working for something cool now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something yeah, yeah, very yeah, cool now. For something cool. Side note, yeah. I almost never check IGN. I, I don't like their site layout. I feel it's too crowded. I don't trust their reviews. Uh, so this is multi been ironic. Why, why do I have this? I don't know. Why do I have this feeling that you're on this personal <laughs> vendetta? <laughs> no, I, I just, IGN's a fun target. I just like taking, taking it shots. It is a fun target. It's a fun target. <laughs> Alright, so in this sixth episode, uh, we're going to be talking about um, a lot, a lot of good things. Uh, mainly, it's a lot centered around a uh, upcoming game from Capcom and Marvel, which a lot of people have been like nagging about, mostly a lot of old fan of the franchise. And yes, They're it's, doing uh, Mega Marvel. Man in 3D. It's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Best game ever. You Mega wish. Man 3D. Coming to retailers no, that, this summer. Man, man, that would, that would be, that would actually be like, like something coming out of the gods of gaming. Like right. a new Mega Man, a proper one. But no, Mega sadly, Man Legends. It's real. It's happening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But uh, we're going to talk about a lot of uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, thanks to um, Luciano, who was uh, invited to the Marvel versus Capcom Infinite preview tour in Dubai. Uh, so he's got his own little preview uh, to give because he's played a shitload of the game, thankfully. And also at the same time, he's got a really good interview with a bunch of uh, from the Marvel vs. Capcom um, development team, uh, both from Capcom, including the lead, uh, the lead. What was his name again? Uh, Luciano. Who you talking about? Combo Fiend. Yeah, Combo Fiend. Uh, yeah. Or Mike, Mike, or Pete Ross. Uh, Pete Ross and Mike. Well, both of them. Oh, well, yeah, I spoke with both of them, so they're both on the podcast. They're both on the interview, and I'm assuming they'll both be on the podcast of as well. Course. Uh, but the the one to look out for is uh, is Combo Fiend. I I have a lot of rage inside of me because he destroyed. Oh, <laughs> uh, so just to give to you guys, a, yeah, yeah, give you guys a heads up. Uh, Combo Fiend is is a really old 
probably one of the most known uh, professional player in Marvel vs. Capcom franchise. And a lot of these verse And FGC yeah, yeah, as a FGC whole. FGC as a whole. And, um, but mostly it's a lot of these Capcom versus something else uh, games. He was, he was numerous champion in, at EVO and at numerous other um, uh, FGC community-led uh, tournament, and now he works for Capcom as a community lead, but also takes care of a lot of uh, technical stuff that comes to balancing characters and character uh, uh, design and character combo and etc. etc. Everything that is core mechanic of the fighting game. Uh, Everything that doesn't so matter to the people that just mash the buttons when they go to their friends' <laughs> yes, house. All the button mashers. But anyway, that will be. We don't for know what on. any that of it is. Yeah, that'll be that'll be our highlight piece of this episode, and we're gonna start now uh, to talk about all the games that uh, we each one of us, you know, in a way reviewed in the past two months. It's been uh, kind of April's a, been amazing. April's been great. Yeah, yeah. Late March, yeah, April's has, been great. It has. Uh, there's a month. We had a Legend of Zelda. We had. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, maybe as a bonus. As a bonus, maybe in the end, uh, we had we had three games. Um, I mean, at least each one of us has its own uh, thing. I personally reviewed Persona Five, which absolutely adore and dare to put a nine point nine over ten on it. But then again, I'm biased. Uh, and then Mazin is going to be talking about Hollow Knight. Yep, which it's is an indie uh, game surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and then later on. Uh, Luciano will not be doing a review, but will be doing a preview, which is Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite from his um, from his from the event in Dubai where where VGP was invited uh, on behalf of. You know, I'm actually Capcom. personally looking forward to that one because I'm a fan of the series as well, and yeah. uh, I'm really you know excited to see what they have in store. And there's been a lot of change as well, gameplay-wise and everything. It's, it's oh, yeah, completely different uh, in comparison yeah. to the uh, Back in the day, Some really good back stuff. in the day, Nazih and I worked for a site which shall remain nameless. Uh, but <laughs> the because, one we shall not name, yes. Because I'm not even sure if they're still online right now. Uh, but, you know, whatever, we're not going to plug them. Because, you nah, know, uh, better, the less said the better. But way back when, Nazi actually one of the first games he got me was uh, not like got Marvel me as a present, Capcom. but one of the yeah. first he got his hands on for me to review was Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, yeah. and I played yeah. that thing solid. All right, yeah, yeah, good times, man, good times. Eh. Shit, man, that's like that's like a good seven years ago, I think, roughly. Yeah, but anyway, so Mazin, would you like to do the honor of starting Let's with Hollow Knight? Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. All right. So yeah. Hollow Knight, uh, for those of you not aware, obviously with mine, there's a little bit, there's usually a little bit less knowledge of what the title is because indie titles, even if they're amazing, don't have as much marketing. Uh, Hollow Knight's a puzzle platformer. So going in, I kind of wasn't really sure what the hook would be. There's so many puzzle platformers out. Ever since yeah. indie games started to get really successful, uh, more and more have been made. There have been a ton of really great ones. The Swapper, Braid, Limbo, obviously. And even then, a lot of them would end up having sequels or games similar to Inside. them. Inside. Yeah, so there's a lot yeah. of games that have that premise. Uh, but Hollow Knight stands out in a couple ways, I think. First of all, Hollow Knight is huge. A lot of these indie games, the biggest complaint people had when they played them was that they were over really quickly. And I think it's because indie studios, uh, they were still kind of getting their footing it was difficult for small teams to, to make something of a bigger scale. 
it's a huge game. It's a Metroidvania. Those of you not familiar with the term, Metroidvania is like uh, where it's a linear 2D game, but you explore areas in sequence. So there's like a door. You can't open the door until you get an ability that knocks down certain items. Then you go and you look for it. So it's primarily a combat game. And uh, yeah, no, overall, it was just a really enjoyable, very immersive game. I think the atmosphere that they crafted, they have this sort of uh, creepy land Gloomy. of the dead. Yeah. yeah, it's very Tim Burton-esque. Uh, but actually, Tim Burton-esque isn't really that good a comparison. I would say it's uh, it's more like Tim Burton minus the humor. It's like a right. sad Tim Burton. But at the same time, it's not humorless. It's It's got a lot of Tim character. Burton minus Johnny Depp. Minus Johnny Depp. <laughs> minus Johnny Depp. Good one. It's got a sense of a sense of humor. The characters they talk to you. They're lively. So you're in this like huge kingdom that used to be a great and powerful place, but you're seeing it uh, after it's gone to ruin. And if that sounds familiar to you, any of you guys out there, yes, it's like Dark Souls. Everything's like Dark Souls nowadays. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's very reminiscent, especially the fact that you take on these big box boss monsters. You're this tiny little character. And uh, like a lot of games, it's got you. So your health bar is also uh, the bar that you use for abilities. So you recharge over what? time. And yeah, it's it's like you have to sort of uh, you charge up every couple kills. You get enough to recharge your health, but then you get like a ton of abilities. Like I said, it's a really deep game. It took me about 15, 16 hours to get like to the end without the side quests. Oh and, snap! Yeah, no. It's, and and, it's and I mean, considering 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 that it's just. Fifteen dollars. That's a lot of. I'm telling that's you, a it's, lot it's of, a step. It's a lot of lifespan for that much price. Yeah. You get a lot of bang for your buck. All I can see is just a bunch of insects killing other insects. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> uh, the, I'd say the boss fights are actually really well done. I liked the boss fights in that. Uh, in general, one of the things that the combat has is that they they make it feel very intense. Uh, like right. whenever you get hit, the screen cracks and like it pauses for a second. So you feel like you just got smacked across the face. It's it's got a yeah, really yeah. nice feedback. Immersive. Effect. It yeah, is yeah. is very good at being immersive. Wait, wait wait. So when it's gonna be on the Nintendo, it's gonna use the rumble feature. It definitely is. Well, that's, 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 was that's it the rumble HD gonna... the HD rumble feature? <laughs> once once it's on the Switch, that's when I'm gonna give it a I'm try. I'm loving yeah. that Nintendo has committed to indies this this time around because. Uh, the Switch is going to be such a fun little thing to take around. Yeah, and indies yeah. are great for pick up and play. You look at a lot yeah. of games nowadays in the RPG genre, even like Zelda, for example. I think you sort of you start back up and you're like, wait, where was I? And you have yeah. a little bit of that. With <laughs> indie games, you've got sort of an easier pick up and play experience. And so I think uh, the Switch is really going to lend itself to that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and it's it's been good. I mean, I think uh, even during the launch period other than um i mean it's hollow knight is still not out on the switch it's coming later in 2017 but i, I doubt it's it's gonna be canceled because it's actually doing good for other um uh, uh, indie games that came out on the switch like uh mr S uh shifty right yep um my only thing i like yeah. that one that mr shifty i love the yeah, artwork really... the artwork is just i like i that. mean it's, it's a cute yeah. it's a cuter it's a cuter kind of hotline miami hardcore yeah hotline miami because hotline miami is just like horrific just like horrifically good though nah, uh what's it called 
what's happening now with the Switch is the same thing that happened with the PS4, like the first five months of its life cycle. Yeah. AAA yeah. games were still in the oven. And yeah. the indie is really jumped re- in to save the day. Or rehashing. They're still in their honeymoon phase, yeah. I'm assuming. You know, and that's that's the perfect time. Uh, for I mean, it's it's that. it's probably something we'll we'll talk about a little bit more when we get into um, the the the, the when last more than of the two podcast, of us can actually buy a switch without having to buy a time machine. <laughs> first. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they just can't keep up. They just can't keep up. They're been they're being uh, air shipping now stock because. Um, well, basically, it's not because of the consumer; it's because retailers are bitching. Can we? And, uh, yeah. Can we just anyway. start, stop with a mini rant? Why? Yeah. And I'm gonna drop another one of my f bombs. Why in the fucking Kirby fuck? That's two of them. Did they stop making the NES Classic? Why in the Lord, good Jesus's name, did they stop making that thing? Everyone I, wanted one. Why would I they have stop? A feeling. I have a feeling because they're gonna drop <laughs> the Super Nintendo version of that. That's, that doesn't even make yeah, any fucking much. sense. There's, I know it doesn't, markets. but it's Nintendo. Nothing makes sense with Nintendo until you then realize that their stock is so high and 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 they're you know what I want to do pile of cash. I want to work at the Nintendo factory because I have to make like one amiibo a month and then take the rest of the goddamn <laughs> month off. Would you do one amiibo? That's it. All uh-huh. right, Frank. Um. So I'm gonna be hated in this conversation. Fuck amiibos. Right, I'm just saying. Right, I just this hate is, them. I have no personal investment. I don't buy them. I don't know what fine. they are even. I don't care about them that much. But amiibo is the thing that's perpetually associated with Nintendo not understanding basic supply and demand well that's enough true. to actually make enough of the thing that everyone's saying. Please let us buy this thing. That's <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand why people would want to buy amiibos in the Collectible first place. Items. I, I just, I just, Look, I mean, for Super yeah, Smash, man. for Super it's... Smash Bros. It works. It's it's perfect. It's like taking, it's like having your little, you know, account cartridge or or like your 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 loadout with you instead of, because obviously it's Nintendo. It's not like you, they're gonna use cloud saves and and logging in with your own. Well, account. see, apparently. There is apparently the Switch actually has a secret hidden one. Well, anyway. Of a, a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, right. so, so we don't topic. keep on. Uh, back to the topic of Hollow Knight. <laughs> Hollow Knight. I, I was sort of transition here. So Hollow Knight for me is a great experience because Metroidvanias are my favorite take on platforming and side scrolling. Uh, side scrolling yeah. games where you're just going in a linear fashion. I feel like uh, you know you have a lot, a lot of great opportunities and and you enjoy it. But uh, they're not as fun if the platforming and the level design isn't top-notch. So unless you're the Marios or the Raymans, a lot of the indie platforms, there's a stunning number of them. I remember like four or five, and I I really like just a small amount. So uh, it's it's so so stressful sometimes to go back and forth. I remember like it reminds me a lot of Super Metroid. uh, And the game is just so big and so immersive. And I think it's the first time we've seen a Metroidvania from an indie studio that's reached that is the actually level of that scale dense. that the yeah, classic, yeah. the classic Japanese developed games did. And speaking of Japanese developed games that people are really, really super way into, Nazi Persona. <laughs> yes, Persona. So Persona. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to start. I mean. The thing with Persona is, I think it's a it's a lot to go with 
my kind of love affair with Persona 4. And, yeah. and it, was, it was just a, a, t- a totally random game that I just picked up. It was just on sale okay. at a store. So let's let's look at it this way, uh, Persona for people, because it's a very strange pitch. Like this, you it know, is. it was a Japanese studio because it if is. you pitch this in America, they tell you to get the fuck out of their <laughs> office. They tell you no one's gonna play yeah, this. Sure. It's sure. weird. Is so, it a dating game? Is it a monster fighting game? What are you selling, a, you insane person? So pitch. Right, it. right, right, right. Japanese. So let, yeah, let's Japanese. let's pretend. Let's pretend. So I'm 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 totally biased when it comes to Persona. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend that. Yeah, I'm gonna elevate a pitch, pretending I've worked at at, uh, at the Atlas Studio and trying to pitch this to a major publisher in the U.S. So basically, right, if you like to have kind of simulation dating <laughs> in some way and having like these personal weird relationship with AI-powered dialogue uh, characters, right? Like something like Mass Effect, or um, I don't know, or like dra- it's much or deeper, dra- I think. Or Dragon Age dating yeah, yeah, sims yeah, have yeah, a lot exactly. more. But Mass Effects were like, say, so we've been on the ship for a while. You want to fuck? Like it's it's really <laughs> exactly. Or even Dragon Age. I mean, it's not it's not it's not that transparent where you know that whatever you respond to this person, it means that you're gonna. Uh, uh, you know, focus more on the love angle, or you're gonna yeah. focus more on being, you know, sort a dick of, or something. To sort of no, interject, uh, I see exactly. it in Mass Effect. I love when I played Saints Row Four. They make fun of Mass Effect so well because you're kind of on a spaceship and you just start humping members. Like you just humping walk up to everyone. them, and it's like, hey, so you want to hook up? And they they really point out how silly it is in Mass Effect. Like they they the romance aspect could have been handled a lot better. But yeah. You were talking yeah. about how it's different than Mass Effect and Dragon so, Age. So, it's, it's, so Persona has a lot of that, and it's, it's I would say, one of the big core gameplay uh, features of the game itself, because um, building a relationship with those other characters is the main important part of that game, because it yep. helps you get stronger with your abilities and everything. Now, abilities, why? Because this game is also a typical Japanese RPG and with uh, one hell crazy of a twist because everything is just always just eccentrically, I would say, crazy in the world of Persona. Um, just to give you an example, the usually in a persona game you are a always a a sort of student in a school right usually high school and um there's something crazy that happens in your surrounding or a little town or little village and uh your own inner darkest fears and 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 strength comes out yeah they manifest as some sort of kind of crazy deity monster or like whatever you want to call it, uh, that will come and protect you in, in, in your darkest time. It's, well, let, yeah. Let's call it a fairy godmother, crazy Japanese culture. But that's one of the things I've always <laughs> loved about Persona is the elements Get- seem disparate. It feels like they mix yeah. two games, but the reality of it is they feed into one another. The they monsters, do. the avatar, I- are a representation of the psyche, which yeah. is genius. Yeah, it is genius. So I, 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 you know, from an aesthetic point of view, I've, one of the things that it's beautiful stands out the most is is the flashiness. It's beautiful. You know, it's it's extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. flashy and 
fits well with the entire you know japanese anime yeah. you know the shebang and you know those big comic book things yeah. that's that's for me is something and that's very like i, I like that because not many games do and it, and know? and the thing is with uh persona 5 it's actually on an artistic point of view and for someone that kind of studied a lot um because uh, i'm a well almost finished but i'm a fine art major uh but the the thing is with 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 persona 5 they went like really deep into creating this kind of uh avant-garde or kind of noir kind of effect you know but but with a twist instead of focusing so much on the darkness of the coloring they went like really flashy and they went with this very vivid red color um and so it's like everywhere everything contrast. they focus a lot on oh contrast. man it's just yeah there's so much contrast and it's just i i can't believe how many times i just rushed and 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 rushed at, at my wife sarah and i was like sarah sarah come see look at this menu look how beautiful it is look at these lines like i was just there's oh god i i feel bad for your wife no man. no but she got she's a patient woman thing. She's a patient woman, and she 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 gets it. Uh, but it, it's because in, in an artistic point of view, it's it's a really beautiful game to look at. It's it's there's this constant feel that you're watching a hand drawn, you know, yeah. kind of. It's not cell shading, but it's kind of cell shading. So it's really beautiful to look at. And um, so to get back to the point where it's a Japanese RPG, uh, this game is a kind of typical, you know. Uh, Japanese RPG which is turn-based you have uh, uh, but they made it they didn't make it as complicated as your typical uh, Japanese RPG like a Final Fantasy for example uh, the old ones obviously or uh, anything else on that on that uh, on that genre uh, they went with just a simple you know button layout triangle is attack uh, 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 O is a guard uh, Square is, is skills or abilities, as you want to call yeah. them, and, but that's and because, access to use yeah. item, and that's it. Uh, it's it's very it's it's very easy to catch to catch on, and and that's why I think uh, it, it it worked in general for a lot of people because the difficult part of trying to appeal to Western market with Japanese RPGs is that it becomes very niche in in its own way because um, people just can't be bothered to learn all these deep, 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 deep hidden skills and strategies and whatnot in, in an RPG, in a Japanese RPG, you know, like something like Dark Souls, for example, or, or, yeah, or, no, even, um, or, or the old Final Besides Fantasies. that, I think the idea is you said it's a simple system, but it relies fundamentally on what you do in the daytime and the relationships yeah. you build. That's where yeah. it's complicated. Yeah. Because That's if you drop it, the ball there, you get to the fight and then you're out of luck. Exactly, and it's 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 such a strange thing because you know when when you play an RPG, you just expect oh you know I'm just gonna sleep over the night and you know get my health back, and then I'll give it yeah. a try again, Final you know like style. Final Fantasy style or something like that, or or you know I'm in a dungeon, I'm just gonna take, I'm gonna go to save point or I'm gonna find some sort of safe house and I'm gonna rest it and regenerate my health and recover my my magic powers and MPs and stuff like that, but it's not. You can't do that with Persona, and 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 when you're not in a dungeon, um, you also have to kind of make use of those day-to-day -day, uh, 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 life situation because your day is basically split into you know morning, afternoon, and night. 
usually at night you can't really do that many things because some places are closed or um, or you can only go to like kind of festivity places you know like going to a, a coffee shop or go bowling with with uh, with some of your teammates which will then uh, uh, you know kind of boost the relationship level between them and then help them in the fight itself because their personality are, are bonding together then obviously their skills and their inner personality personas will bond as well and they will perform better in battle so it's all about time management and trying to figure out how to make the most out of one day and i think that's something a that persona as a series did extremely good well during the the, the past uh, the past games but uh, this one i think is even deeper and richer and i think i will easily do a third playthrough to completely get like the perfect <laughs> like i'm still like right here with like a notepad and writing my notes of what I did on each day to try to find a perfect way of getting the perfect stats and finishing the game perfectly. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's very methodical, it's, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, but then again, it's, it's either you love it, you absolutely love it, or you just don't get it. Or you hate yeah. it. You, no, it's more like you just don't get it. You, yeah, you I get that. either get it and love it, or just don't get it at all, which is kind of a case of myself and Dark Souls. I never really, sorry, not Dark Souls, Bloodborne. I did, Bloodborne didn't click with me. Um, but yeah. I think it's more about the patience as well, man. I mean, I, I Persona 5, you know, playing through it and then just stop because I just don't have that patience. I either get triggered or I get salty because I would want to try and do something differently. And for me to do that means I have to finish the game and then restart yeah. again with different you know, decisions. And it's just not my type of thing. I don't have the patience for yeah. it. But yeah, it's... it's uh, and then there's a lot of games like that, like Dark Soul and all these games, the, the ones where you know if you die, you restart everything from scratch. And all that. That's not my style of, of, of games. And... But I guess it works for others, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's... I mean, With Dark Souls, I think it's all about yeah. timing, I think. And speaking of timing, you know what else needs ah. a lot of timing? It's fighting games, especially fighting games by Japanese people, like Marvel <laughs> vs. Capcom. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, so for all of you people out there that does not know what Marvel vs. Capcom is... It's exactly what the title says. You got Marvel World versus Capcom World. And uh, this game, uh, where do I begin? I mean, when I first got my hands into it, I mean, I, I, I just like any other person was just mash buttons. Yeah, and, pick Iron and, Man. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, no, well, no, I actually, I actually went for my favorite heroes to start with. Uh, no, <laughs> I went with Ryu. I went with Ryu right. from Capcom. Okay. From the street and I series. and I chose and 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 I chose Strider. Strider. Well. Oh, okay. But yeah. Now the good thing about this game is that uh, I think when they were developing it, they were developing it from um, they they had a complete different mindset than all the other previous games and all the other FGC games. You know, uh, whether it's Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat mm -hmm. or Injustice or any of these. Uh, they, they 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 really had esports uh, within the core of when they're creating the game. Yeah, they, they, the thinking behind it, you know, games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, there's a lot of complexity behind it. It's, it's I would a, say Street Fighter much know, more than Mortal Kombat. The community's Kombat. getting Mortal old. Mortal Kombat's 
Yes, a lot more well. about a simpler and more rigid move set. Whereas Street Fighter, you've got like move cancels, so one move can become another move. Well, there's a lot of fluidity. Yeah, ex- exactly. But but for this one, see, the thing, the thing, the problem with FGC and esports community as a whole is that the good players are getting older and older, and there's not much room for new kids to come in and and play because all these new kids they want to play your dota or league of legends or whatever it is and and they don't have that that time and that luxury to spend so much time into the mechanics I of get that. the the normal fighting games that we know however these marvel versus capcom infinite uh when they were thinking about it, they thought about okay look we need to capture these kids we need to capture you know newcomers we need to capture everyone yeah. not, to not appeal not, to a new audience players so not how can we do that well. so let's Exactly. So let's simplify it. And and that is the first thing that triggered to me is like it is unbelievably easy to grab the joystick and start playing for the first time and feel like you're a pro player because <laughs> the combo system. Yeah, yeah. The combo system is literally one button. Yeah. Right. You just you keep tapping light punch, light punch, light punch, and you do your, your five, twen, tel, uh, five, six, ten, twelve combo points. Now, eventually... Yeah, you start putting more yeah, time. like three lights and one yeah, heavy. Yeah, the more time you yeah. start... Uh, no, not even. Those don't even exist anymore. What? It's, it's literally just the... Yeah, it's literally just the light, but the light punch. And then you have the traditional way where you just, you know, do your square X or triangle. And that's it. But then you realize that there's so much depth into it, and that's where the pro scene comes in. And then you realize there's the infinite stones, there's six stones. Each of them is made for something. For ins- I'll give you an example. Which, if you choose Ryan, they're, they're, wait, they're based. Like Ryan, they're based on the uh, Marvel universe. The Marvel infinite universe, stone. yeah. Okay. You know, it's yeah. So time, uh, space, right, reality, right. and all that. So, for, for, as an example, if you pick Ryu, I mean, in Street Fighter, Ryu's you know is known for close combat. You'd kind of dash your opponent, you hit him, you do your combo uppercut. In this one, you can do the same thing, but now you have an infinite stone with you, uh, which, by the way, does not recharge. Is it's literally you can use it, you can abuse it, use it all the time, uh, and you take the time one, uh, and your dash becomes super speed right. like your flash so you you do that with dry it sounds overpowered but there's a million ways yeah, to counter it it, it, it bounces stone out. works and def- it, a lot of yeah a lot of death into it and and it's no longer three versus three it's two versus two now what and your partner yes it's a tag? and your partner has a nice. okay. yes it's a tag so your partner has a purpose now see back in the days your partner is just sitting there and tag then, him you know, in you tag him out yeah, yeah and, and you call him in yeah. but now 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 they work together which is great because now they're, they're, they added what street fighter had is the reversal and right. now when you're getting completely destroyed by someone you just press r1 and your partner comes in and blocks it for you stops it for you so you can kind of reset the match in a way huh. and and you can combine the 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 ultimates the, the 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 hyper moves so i can do it with like i can do it with dryu for instance and the second i click it i just tag you'll still see him in the screen doing his move while i unleash combo on the on the enemy there's so much depth into it that you don't really realize until you play, play you know, more for three four yeah. that's why yeah, that well, that's how Combo Fiend destroyed me. So I played a good three hours. <laughs> I beat everyone there, and I thought I was like, I'm the guy, I'm it, you know. And then I got Combo Fiend. I'm like, hey man, you want to just like, you know, just chill? And uh, he beat me like twice, perfect. I couldn't land a punch, even though it's just a one button combo. So that shows you a little bit, you know, the complexity around it. 
uh, but nevertheless, it's going to be a great game. Um, uh, I'm I can't wait to, to for it to come out so I can actually. Right. Uh, one of the things that I'm very interested about uh, is the story mode. They've, ah, yes. Finally, they've added they've a story a proper mode. One too, uh, I they've done a proper one too. So uh, unfortunately, I did not have uh, the chance to actually do the preview. I don't think anyone has. Uh, I think it's still like confidential. Yeah, no, it's in, stages. In making, but. Uh, but from what I've no, it's uh, from what I've heard, it's an actual story mode with your character that gives him uh, sense, and you follow him through a journey, and everything that you do de- develops into so, something bigger. Yeah. So, so nobody really knows exactly what's gonna happen. But from what I've, you know, been able to collect, this could potentially be uh, a great thing for people that like fighting games, but are not always in the mood to just sit with a friend and mash buttons. They just want to kind of chill alone yeah, you know, yeah. and, and play something that actually has a story and a so meaning. So, Luciano, I because think the big question... Oh, yeah, let's see, you go first. No, I think it, it, I think it, it helps a lot that... Um, I think I, I read a previous... Uh, or I saw a previous video when they did the first reveal of Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Uh, they had... Um, I kind of forgot his name now, but it's um, the the guy that is in charge now of Marvel Games, which is a new uh, division of uh, of the Marvel, you know, the Marvel brand as a company. Uh, ever since it got bought by Disney, uh, they 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 put one guy in charge that is an ex Capcom uh, uh, employee that worked on Street Fighter, so. It's not, uh, and so they wanted, they, their main goal was, and they, they said it very, f- like, frankly, from the beginning when they revealed the game, is uh, they want to focus a lot on the story, and, and especially because they want to make, they don't want it to be so distant from the Marvel Universe, and they don't want it to go too crazy in comparison to... Uh, what's going on now with the Marvel Universe. Cinematic Universe, yeah. Yeah, the, the whole cinematic universe. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can actually see that, you can actually see that in, in what, it's, so they, they've added something that was absolutely phenomenal is that they were able to somehow create a mashup between Capcom Universe and Marvel Universe yeah. when it comes to the actual maps you're fighting in. So for instance, they got Asgard as, you know, Asgard from Thor and yeah. the Marvel Universe and mashed it up with the entire kind of Capcom darky feeling. And they've mashed those two up and had that. I forgot the name of the map exactly, but I think that's the like Ultron's area. But it's, it's they, they really created a whole new universe by using two complex universes, and I think that's that's not an easy job. It's 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 pretty remarkable. Yeah. So, um, what should we do? Should we? I think I think it's about time. Um, I think we're gonna take a short break, and then right after this break, uh, you'll be listening to Luciano Rahal in a pre-recorded interview that was done at. Uh, at the ugh, lucky you bastard, you, uh, he went out to the IMG Worlds <laughs> of Adventure in um, in Dubai, which is this crazy uh, Marvel and Cartoon Network, and I don't know what kind of other licenses are in. For all the fans out there, I did write the Powerpuff Girls uh, roller yes, coaster. Yes, I'm just like saying. Like a it. man, you rode the Powerpuff like Girls like a man. Uh, so he, he got the chance to um, talk to uh, the Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, Michael Evans, and Peter Rosas. Peter Rosas is Combo Fiend. 
Um, and so we'll be right back. Damn you, Combo Fiend. I shall get my revenge. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you won't. You probably will never. <laughs> uh, so uh, stay stay with us, uh, guys. And uh, right Don't touch that dial. Break. It's not a dial, I know. Yes. It's just being funny. What dial? <laughs> we don't have dials anymore. It's probably a pause button on a shitty iPhone. Nice. So I have to. Why insult our, <laughs> our listeners' iPhones? It's unnecessary. Sorry, iPhone listeners. But All right, yes, people, you can stay also tuned. subscribe to us on iTunes, and we'll be right back after the short break with uh, Luciano Rahal and Michael Evans and Peter Rosas. We'll be back. from the heart of Dubai with uh, Michael Evans and Combo Fiend, uh, if I can call you Combo Fiend. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off with uh, Michael Evans, who's Capcom's USA director of production. He has been the front man of uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite since its announcement. Uh, you're also the associate producer for Ultra Street Fighter 4. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the first question is, you know, you're obviously working very closely with Marvel Games mm -hmm. uh, and Mike Jones, yep. who used to be at Capcom Vancouver yeah. as well back in the days. So that's, that's it, man. How does it? Uh, how does this collaboration with Marvel work uh, now? You know, since the entire thing became much much bigger as a brand and became part of the Disney giant. Yeah, it's it's been fantastic, man. Uh, the collaboration usually works. Uh, Mike Jones will sit down, we'll play a match, I'll destroy him, and then, no, <laughs> but seriously, uh, it's actually been fantastic, you know, as you mentioned very astutely, so Mike used to be Capcom employee, right, so we, you know, we go back there, but on both sides, on the Marvel side and the Capcom side, we all so passionate about the Versus series, the brand, and we wanted to bring it back and do it in the right way, uh, so... Uh, we have a lot of creative freedom. <clears throat> we work with Mike Jones. We also work with uh, Bill Roseman, who's the creative director on Marvel side, and uh, Danny Koo, their senior producer. But the team's been fantastic, and we had a really good uh, working relationship with those guys. So um, it's and them being like Mike Jones, obviously he's loves fighting games also. So he's a big fighting gamer at heart. Uh, so the collaboration has been uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. All right. Great. So. Um that takes me to my second question, obviously. We've, we've learned that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite storytelling is going to be a big upgrade from the previous uh, entry in the franchise. Uh, was this decision influenced by Marvel's massive plan to revive and reboot iconic characters such as Captain America? Or Can you tell me more about that? Sure. Uh, so, on both sides, right? For Marvel, storytelling is very important. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, we work with Bill Roseman, but he was editor on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like back in the day, the comics, right? To bring that... Uh, those characters to the forefront so 
storytelling is super important to them. But also for us on the Capcom side, uh, you know, we have these amazing characters and these amazing combinations. Like in the tra in the teaser trailer, you see uh, that X and Rocket have this little one-off, and it's this fun. There's so much of that great uh, opportunity for dialogue and storytelling that we've never really been able to, uh, sh you know, share before, do justice. So bringing the story, uh, you know, giving story mode to users for the first time uh, is something that I'm most excited about this time. You know, it's going to be a fantastic story, and uh, we really hope people enjoy it. Yeah, well, for sure, I'm, I'm going to be enjoying that. You know, no more time to, to play these big <laughs> games, and I just sit back home, baby yeah. next to me, and play the story mode. <laughs> so that's perfect for me. <laughs> um, another one is, uh, you know, we've had a lot of uh, fans talk to us and ask us, you know, questions about the 3v3 battle. So this is perfect for me to ask. Is the 3v3 battle system is probably the most important gameplay mechanic of the franchise. So why drift away from something so radically rooted with fans? Uh, was it to appeal to a new generation of players, or you know, are you worried that hardcore players might not be ready for this change? That's uh, an interesting question. I mean, I don't feel like three v three was the most important feature of the franchise. It is in people's memories because it was recent. But you know, for those of us who go back, we're kind of old now. <laughs> but uh, you know, it started out the versus series started out with two two v two. But that said, I think you know Peter can talk a little bit more to why we we were very thoughtful, you know, about going back to two v two. So you want to give a little insight on why? Yeah, you know, uh, as a person who's been with the series for quite a while, uh, you know, what what I've seen over time is is when when you're playing the three v three side of it, what happens is you have two characters, right, and then a third character who's typically like an assist, uh, just a function, right? So when we were looking at it we were seeing that it was on one side really really complicated for newcomers to understand because they had to pick three characters and then three assists and there was a lot of decisions to make before they could play uh so that was too daunting for them and then for legacy players it was even hard too because you had to actually learn what all those assists were and, and how to fight them so you know since the heart of the versus series is partnership we wanted to bring it back to that to that 2v2 and, and then from there look at it and say okay now how do we evolve this how do we innovate here and uh you know what we saw as i mentioned was that third character once again wasn't really performing anything outside of a function so why not use the infinity stones and give your team functions you know and more right because now you can change the dynamic of your team where you couldn't do that with the third character uh so you know for us it was just it just made sense to go back to 2v2 just because it's just that much more accessible and understandable uh, but at the same time you know I, I think fans who think that this results in less strategy or something along those lines uh, they're in for a, they're in for a loop when they see uh, how open the switch system is and things like that and and how the stone can change the dynamic of your team and it's like putting that together and creating you know the best strategy you know it'll result in the same fun that they used to have uh, developing strategy if or or more possibly so all right uh, so from, well it's good that you mentioned the infinity stone because uh, my next question was around that so the infinity stone system is at the core of the new Marvel versus Capcom um, I mean I, I was just testing the game and I, I was fascinated by the speed uh, stone mm -hmm. it, it's pretty useful uh, the time stone right? uh, yeah, yeah, the time yeah. Stone. Uh -huh. I mean for me it's just like using Ryu coming back from Street Fighter <laughs> yeah, yeah. just yeah. dash 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 yeah. so but anyways so, uh, it is at the core of the of the, the infinite gameplay and 
a lot of people compared it to the groove system from Capcom versus SNK 2. So, hmm. can you tell us more about how each of these six infinite stones will change the game uh, for the players versus that? Yeah, well, so I mean, first off, it's interesting the comparison to the groove system. I think um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, as Peter was talking about, it allows you, it's another dynamic layer on top of your character's choices. It's almost acts like a third character, but at the same time, uh, you can create your own identity in the game, you know? Like, if uh, if Peter, for example, he's playing Ryu and Captain Marvel with the Time Stone, and I'm playing Ryu and Captain Marvel with the Power Stone, we could have completely different play styles and strategies. So we really hope to see that conversation once the game comes out about what stone is the best. As you know, in the Marvel Universe, there's six Infinity Stones. Uh, you know, today we've talked about uh, the Power Stone, the Time Stone, and the Space Stone is the new one uh, we just announced. So. There's still three more yet to come, three more announcements, but you can imagine just playing with it today, how crazy it's going to get once all six are in there, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, we really are excited to see how people, you know, develop it was, strategy. Uh, it was some kind of like an indirect talent tree in a way, you know, like every, everything mm -hmm. works differently. Yeah. Uh, leads me to my last question uh, to you is uh, when it comes to picking characters for this game, what is the main factor that helps deciding which Marvel and or Capcom character should be in the game? And is it storyline of the game? Does mm. that play a factor to it, or or the actual history of the character itself? It's it's many different factors, and it has to the the characters we chose. They've got to kind of hit the sweet spot with with a bunch of different things. So one is yeah, do they play well into the story we're trying to tell? You know, another one is were they highly requested characters from before, like X, right? Like we did a uh, we did a survey after Marvel's Capcom Three came out about. What character do you want to see, you know, as, as a DLC character? Um, you know, above and beyond, there was X, so we wanted to make sure that we brought back Mega Man X and did him in a, in a, in a right way. So one is, you know, the highly requested char characters. Another one is how they play into the story. But finally, and most importantly maybe, is like the gameplay, right? What kind of interesting gameplay could you get from these characters and the character types, right? You need all types of characters, the fast, small guys, you know, the larger, bigger Range, brawler guys. Yeah. yeah, so we're trying to look at all of that and, uh, yes, yeah, pick the best characters that make the most sense, you know. Well, fair enough. Thank you very much for, for these questions. Sure. Uh, next is, is Peter with us, a.k.a. Combo Fiend. Um, he's an American formal professional gamer, uh, now Capcom developer, commentator, uh, and voice actor as well. <laughs> um, he, he, is, he is well known for popularizing the, the usage of Nathan Rad Spencer's. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my first question to you is, you've been a, a big part of the Capcom fighting game franchise in both being uh, a community leader and at the same time a voice, a competitor in global tournaments. I mean, we all remember Evos, especially me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so what does it mean to you to be now a big part of the actual creation process uh, of a game like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, for example? Well, I, I mean, you know, as somebody who's been with the series pretty much, like, my whole life, right? Since, with the series being out for so long, uh, for me, it's, it's really, I would say, important to protect the integrity of, of the series, you know, just because... I've been with the community for so long, so I know what it is that they want to see. I, I know what it is, uh, what is a versus game, what defines that, you know, and, and what, y you know, players are looking for. So for me, it was just really important to make sure that that, that was essentially 
protected, but at the same time, you know, giving players something new and something exciting, and and you know that that just means like so much to me to to be working on this game and and bringing that to the title. You know, ensuring that this is something that uh, newcomers and both uh, newcomers and also players who have been with the series can just jump in and say, you know what, this this is a fun game, and you know it, it definitely holds true to to what a versus series game is what the versus series dna is uh but at the same time it's a new and exciting experience and i can't wait to put more years into it you know uh, well, i'm gonna squeeze in a question in between the other actual questions so uh, your last tournament was evo uh, uh marvel vs capcom 3 right yeah that was in uh, 2012 yeah so it's just for 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 um, hypothetically let's say that it was marvel vs capcom infinite at mm -hmm. that time do you reckon it would have been more challenging or less challenging for you as a professional player with the new mechanics to, to, to have competed in or played with? I think it would have been way more challenging. And the reason for that is that uh, in Infinite, the game is much more accessible and, and open and things like that, but it's because it's so open that it would have been more challenging, you know? Because you can switch at any time and, and you know, we're kind of just taking off the shackles. Uh, that just allows so many crazy strategies to develop, right? You're not gonna have people saying, okay, this is the best assist. Yeah. Alright, this is the best character. I gotta use them in this sequence and I have to play the same order and same blah blah blah. The idea here is it's just open to whatever you want, right? And then on top of that, I might know your two characters and your switch strategy and then you add the infinity stone there and then I'm like, okay, now what are you gonna do, right? It's all pretty simple to grasp but at the same time, the the, uh, potential is just so much higher so i think it definitely would have been challenging uh a lot more challenging with infinite fair enough well speaking of esports uh obviously esports is at the forefront of street fighter 5 strategy uh thanks to the capcom pro tour uh considering marvel versus capcom's franchise history in major tournaments like evil for instance will now Mar will marvel versus capcom infinite get the same treatment uh so infinite comes out uh later this year september 19th uh, and unfortunately that's a little too late for this year's CPT season so it won't be in the CPT uh, that said you know we don't really have any current announcements on on CPT plans uh, but I mean it's it's that kind of game that you know players love that players will invest time into you know where they have to develop you know awesome strategies to make to remain competitive uh, you know it has all the hooks present that would be that that are that are evident in you know competitive esports e titles such as Street Fighter and such so and, and my last question to you is how much involvement do you have in terms of gameplay mechanics I mean we know you played a big part in balancing the gameplay for Street Fighter 4 so what's the extent of your expertise with Marvel versus Capcom Infinite uh, you know I work very closely with the uh, battle t with the design team in Japan and I also work uh, closely with Marvel uh, and you know it's it's us coming together and discussing how these mechanics should work and, and things like that that have you know resulted in the battle system that you see here you know uh, it was yeah pretty much everyone has had different ideas and it's it's being able to you know have these discussions with our development team uh, and and I'm you know going I'm helping them you know balance the characters and, and discussing how the character should function, things like that, what, what might be missing with the stones, etc. And, you know, also getting that information from Marvel and discussing with them potential stone effects and things like that. And, and just 
you know, working together with those parties to create what you see here is essentially what I've been doing. Uh, well, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a really a pleasure, you know, having you on, on, on this podcast. And, uh, you know, one last thing, is there anything you want to tell your fans in the region or just to end it on a high note? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would just say, you know, it's my first time in Dubai, but I, I just love it here. And, uh, man, I hope I, you know, can continue to come out. That said, we're going to keep working hard on the game and we're going to make sure that you guys get an amazing game on day one. And, uh, uh, I love the energy here. You know, it was great to see the reactions of people who got their hands on it and just smiles on their faces. So it really makes all the hard work worth it. And uh, we really appreciate our fans. Yeah, and uh, me personally, I'm looking forward to all the newcomers who show up, you know, playing this game. You know, whether you're a player who wants to see your character going through an awesome cinematic adventure, you know, a story that you've never seen them in before, or, you know, guys like myself, you know, former or sorry, not former, but current or future, you know, uh, guys who <laughs> want to get into the competitive scene. Uh, you know, I just look forward to seeing all those who come in and, and all the awesome stuff you come up with. Well, thank you very much again, guys. It's been really a pleasure having you here. And thank you guys for having us as well, you know, test out the game. Yeah, our yeah. pleasure. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. For those of you who just joined us, uh, this is the VGP Radio. Sixth episode and final episode of this first season. Brought to uh, you by hummus. Loved by hummus. fundamentalist Muslims and white people alike. Oh, yes. Very nice. Invented by who? Uh-huh. I have no idea. No one knows. It's, it's no one knows. There's it's many countries that play. There's many, many yeah, countries. My grandmother. Your grandmother is Argentinian. For hundreds of years. No, the other one. <laughs> fine, fine. Right. Lovely hummus. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So, um, let's see. So, we have, we have an upcoming break. Uh, just for all of you fans to know what's going to happen with the VGP Radio. Uh, VGP Radio is more of a seasonal uh, kind of concept for... Ra- uh, for um, Podcasts for a podcast and uh, 
the plan was always to do something like six episodes and take a short break, then go and come back with awesome content for another six episodes and obviously season two. Uh, so you could just, it's almost like a Netflix show, right? Just six to eight episodes. Um, and Not a great the... example. Those come out all at once. <laughs> I, don't know. I I could not think about it. Like a show, like an actual show. Right, like an actual like any, show. No, because like Netflix any are kind usually of media eight. that happens for a while and then stops happening. Nah, but anyway, like a sports so uh, so the upcoming uh, roughly five months are going to be a break for us. We won't be taking a break from VGP in general. Uh, myself, Luciano. Uh, Mazin and also all the other writers will be yeah. obviously giving you awesome reviews on bgpprofessional.com, which yeah. is our original website. Uh, but in so we figured, hey, since we're going to be out for five months, and during these five months, there's probably nothing of consequence two, will happen. Not really, other than E3, probably. Where like I said, every, nothing of consequence will happen. <laughs> where every, and I, where I, every I agree. corporate I agree. goon I agree. gets his 10 minutes of uh, fame and gets to be on a stage and be a hotshot and talk about the future of their brand. And Ubisoft um, gets to do something really weird that people hate again for their E3 <laughs> stage again this year. <laughs> Right. I think I think they overdid. Well, they overdid it with Aisha Tyler for the past three years. I think Aisha Tyler's fine. The guys that introduced that weird, confusing (laughs) new trials game that's Trials meets Hotline Miami meets Far Cry meets Uh, Why Did They Make It? That was strange as shit. Even the guy from For Honor. The guy from For Honor was. They didn't point out, by the way, when they marketed For Honor that there's a lot of the Japanese character. The, which one? What's the one that's really the peace peacekeeper? Or who am I thinking of? Well, peace, no, peacekeeper no, is uh, not yeah, Japanese. The knights. Peacekeeper was the, the knight. Japanese. Yeah. He had the strongest enemy in the game. Wasn't actually Orochua. Orochua. It wasn't or Orochua. Actually, the strongest enemy in the game turned out to be the servers, and they won every time. <laughs> it was. A, it was. <laughs> it was just brutal. Oh, that, that is a low blow. It I is. love it. Good. That's good. It's amazing. I don't think anybody from Ubisoft is going to hear it, though, because their internet access probably isn't working. Well, look, let's hope that they don't do that this year because E3 this year is actually going public. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's going to be a very different, uh, I think. The floor is – no one ever talks about the floor, by the way. The floor is always like, oh, and by the way, here's some other shit that's happening. The stage I'll events you, are like, huge. There's everyone live, everyone live streaming their commentary on them. Everyone talking about look. them. Then the floor, the floor is actually a lot of years. The floor has been more interesting than the stages. Like the floor That's has actually true. had a lot of great games, a lot That's of true. good concepts coming out. So like, yeah, the thing is, um, from from someone who's been to E3 like three times, uh, I think they don't give enough credit for the actual people that are paying shit ton of money. To have a little booth in, in because uh, you know the most you see of E three is like the ginormous AAA publisher, the you know, like the big boys. Yeah. You see pictures but of that's, EA that's, stand. That's why Gamescom is gonna be up there, you know. That's why Gamescom is, yeah, is, is a yeah. leading competitor I mean, to that. Gamescom was always about the public in a way first, and and then uh, helping you know like the European business to boom, right? Uh, um, yeah. You know the all, the old continent in a way. Uh, I, uh, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, what are your expectations, guys? For First E3 of all, this year? what do you? Expect? I think one 
really yeah, big reason that E3 has gone down a lot for people, and this is not their fault, but we live in an age where I don't even know why they market games anymore. If I were a game company, here's what I would do. I would tell Amazon, okay, put up a listing for the game, and then I would let everyone <laughs> hack into everything, leak everything, try to leave no stone unturned, and basically do my job for me. Because that's like, game marketing now isn't anymore like, how do we tell people about the nah. game? It's how do we stop people from finding out about it before a certain date? And so E3 is a race against time because they're like, now they're de developing games in a fucking mountain somewhere in Nevada because anything you do. <laughs> Underground. Someone like always bunker. fucks up. Yeah, Amazon yeah. will list it or Game Informer or someone, like a retailer will put a listing or like someone will have a Craigslist thing saying we want voice actors and they will <laughs> Always, people like they'll cyber sleuth it. They'll pull it apart piece by piece. So yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. big reason of why E3 loses its sizzle is because only the absolute top tier, like three people knew about it and they were all under non-disclosure agreements in which they lost their firstborn children, like were the, were the people that could hold the secret. <laughs> that's impressive. It's true. It's true. I mean, if you think about it, like last E3, like if you really, really, really think about it, from all the leaks that came out two weeks before E3, there was just three major surprises. I, yeah. I think maximum five major surprises from everything that was leaked. Yeah, and so it's always like and that. And no, I yeah. mean, it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much back in the days. You had like expectation or like some sort of leaks and it turned out to be either completely wrong or completely right. But it never got to a point where we knew... We expected 80% of the games that we're going to reveal. To you know what I thought was crazy? Well, I mean, yeah, sorry, when do you guys get a word in here? Oh, no, I was just, just going to you know, build up on, on, on what Nazi was saying in terms of the games and these big reveals. I mean, one, of, one of the things that I'm extremely looking forward for is Death Stranding. Everyone and, is, and yeah. And if, you know, if the game is not at E3, uh, for me, it will be like, Something's yeah, wrong. Another, that's, uh, <laughs> another that's, rant. That's I just like Kojima on, being yeah. Kojima. I'm warming up Kojima. my rant here. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just Kojima being well, Kojima. That's not Here's the well. Yeah. There's there's that and there's that and there's you know the possibility could we actually see a Halo Six? I mean, the franchise. God knows how much the franchise actually needs something to bring it back to life. Bungie. Do you think we'll actually that's see what they a need Halo to bring Six? It back to life. <laughs> It just needs to bring Bungie back to it. Yeah, and they're doing <laughs> oh, Destiny too. Yeah, there, so I mean, that there's many of those. I mean, there's there's so many of those. There's Red Dead Redemption yeah. two. Is it, are we gonna you know are we gonna see Last of Us Part two? I was a big fan of the first here's, one specifically because yeah. I enjoyed there's the story. There's a lot of really big names. Uh, here's been here's my problem with Sony as of the last couple years. Sony has showed up. Shown these insane games, told them we're the plat, told everyone we're the platform that has everything. Yeah. All the big things are coming to us, and then we never hear about their games for at least another two years. Yep. And if they do yeah. have release dates, the release dates push twice, uh, twice or three times. They have yeah. been doing a consistently like 2017. Now I keep telling people is the year to own a PS uh, PS4, and the thing's been out for a while. It, it's taken yeah. them so yeah. long. 
And I really think they're just bad as, as publishers, as time managed, as whatever the fuck they are. I blame the PS4 Pro, man. I blame the PS4 Pro. When the uh, PS4 Pro came, it was a big. I don't know. It was a bombshell to a. It was a bombshell to a lot of publishers, and and I think all these games that they wanted to release on PS4, they're like, oh, okay, the PS4 Pro is coming now. Maybe we should delay a couple of things and make sure we, you know, we, know, we, we jump on board the PS4 Pro. God of War 4, nothing. We don't know when that's nothing, coming. Yeah. That's 2018. No way in Christ's good name that's coming out in 2017. There was that <laughs> yeah, zombie game not. with the guy on the motorcycle. That one looked eh at best. Uh, yeah. They have uh, the one from David Cage, i.e. what Telltale Games would be like if they had tons of budget and the worst writers on the face of the earth. Uh, <laughs> I think David Cage just needs to make tech demos. If you have something, tell David Cage, come make me something because he can only manage to make something good for three minutes. After that, he'll be like, hey, what if I have 20 hours of mocap footage of people taking a shit? And he'd be like, why do you need that? He'd be like, to show how awesome this machine is. Be like, David Cage, we get it. It's a cool computer thing. It can render really cool things. It's like, how about I have a guy brushing his teeth and then flossing and then driving to the dentist's office and then getting stuck in traffic. And then the dentist, <laughs> he, he leaves through a magazine. And yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. he's not going to But then, but just, then, just, but then they say uh, it's teraflops of data being processed by a console. Mazen, so what? Mazen, quick question, man. Off topic, quick question. Did David ever pee in your soup? He made yeah. heavy rain and that was enough for me. I, I gave up on that game halfway through when they had to introduce a guy who has these cool AR goggles that lets him pretend he's anywhere because they needed a plot device. We're like, how can we show a guy hiking out in a rainforest? Oh, what if there's a guy with these cool sunglasses with AR technology that lets him pretend he's in a... What did that accomplish? It's just in the middle of it, you're sitting there playing and it's like, why are we doing this? And... and uh, I can feel the no, pain, man. I, I, think, the pain. Uh, I think the problem is games really lack a good sort of uh, a, a good sort of story-based focus a lot of the a time. Scenario. Telltale. Yeah, there's no more story. There's no more storytelling. People like have pointed out. I forget who did it. I think Forbes or someone did a well, thing where Telltale's problem. Horizon now. had the beautiful oh, that's story. The thing, though. Tibi, there's a difference between an action combat game or an RPG game with a great story that motivates you and a purely story-driven game. It's tough to make a purely story-driven game. Yeah. I get that. It means you're, you're pretty much tossing all the dice on the story and the immersion. But yeah. uh, Telltale is still the king of that. And even now, people are hating them because the problem is they haven't updated the technology in the longest time. Their games look ugly and outdated. And they stretch <laughs> themselves too thin. They do like one game and then they announce they're doing Batman and they're doing Game of Thrones and they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy and they're doing fucking Alf. And I don't know what else they're doing. So, yeah. <laughs> No, but they're they're just yeah they're overdoing it. Telltale they, they haven't changed their their like the only thing that changed was I think Batman and they just added that extra weird kind of multiplayer element where your friends can decide on your behalf. But that was just stupid. Like I don't like they're good at what they do, but they don't need to overdo it and do every franchise yeah. that is so, around the world. And anyway, you know? we got a little bit sidetracked, but yeah. David Cage is a hack and he should be fired. Uh, <laughs> Sony should learn to ship a game in the same decade that yeah, it announces true. the game. As they showed us with the last disappointment, they're not really good at doing that. And uh, what's it called? 
Uh, Sony <laughs> are probably going to underwhelm. Microsoft, everyone keeps wondering if it's their year to do the comeback. I think Scorpio is coming out now, right? We've got Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna. I think they're 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 ready to show off. I I mean, yeah. you could you could feel the vibe when they did that whole like. Let's invite the most techie-oriented media outlets yeah. in the world. Like, uh, what is it? What was yeah. they called? Uh, what were they called? Um, the guys that always do these really insane uh, technical, like comparison videos. Digital uh, Foundry. Digital Foundry, right? So they invited your gamer and Digital Foundry over to uh, to uh, the Redmond of uh, you know HQ of Microsoft to actually see. And, 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 and feel like the power of the uh, Project Scorpio and whatnot. Yeah. But then again, you know, like you get, you get that there's a buzz and, and they want to keep the, the hype going, and, but they don't want to reveal too much and they don't want to reveal how it's going to look like and et cetera, et cetera. Look, I mean, in the end, it's, it's going to be the same typical thing. It could be more powerful than PS4 Pro. Who gives a shit? In the end... Um, exactly, man. Exactly. Who they gives a shit? Games. Like, I'm sick and tired of hearing we, all these things. PS4 I, Pro, Project Scorpio, need, yeah. more Look, power. If you want, if you want power, yeah. and if you don't care about paying money, PC. It's always been there. Exactly. That's been the option exactly. since day exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if you I want, want to sit, if, yeah. If I want a badass, uh, 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 you know, console that can perform with I don't know how many teraflops and all these fancy words of technology shit. And, and and say in the end that I'm playing that on my console and that console is also powered by hey uh, some some whatnot slimmer version of, of a Windows 10 which I assume is it's gonna be another reveal as well that they're gonna reveal yeah uh, I think they're gonna reveal some sort of Windows powered OS so like the, the I think they're gonna start Christ transitioning more into Windows ecosystem oh man i honestly i couldn't care anymore about all okay. these people talking about power and stuff exactly. I'm, I, I'm impressed I, the day my console can take me to the so moon other E3, than that if i want power i'll go e3 to is about the I, games right okay let's try to wrap up on this note it needs if, to be about guys, the games, one yeah. game you're really excited to see at e3 this year luciano start us off the one game if you had to boil it down just one. uh death stranding for sure man okay. i've been waiting you want to see gameplay yeah. but we want to see gameplay we don't want to see a trailer of Death Stranding. That's yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to see Sony, so you're going to be playing it with your grandkids in 2040. <laughs> I don't want Hideo Kojima trying to, trying to pretend that I love the guy and I have total respect for his genius, like, but uh, I'm, just not getting, I'm just not getting the vibe of him trying to be thing? this sort of producer, movie producer, but within a game. Here's you know, the thing, like, though. You know, uh, yeah, Hideo Kojima, I think a lot of us are a little bit cringy around him because of his fan base, because of the sort of putting him up on a pedestal. He knows game development. He's been developing games since we were in dad's ball sacks. Uh, he, he understands it as a craft. He's a good <laughs> developer. He is not like David Cage, too much who, of as a I mentioned earlier, though. is a fucking hack. He's just too much. He's a fucking <laughs> well, Go, go, going back to going back to 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 your original question. What about you, Mason? What, I what, would say what's the game you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the Wolfenstein sequel. Oh, uh, you want another Wolfenstein? Oh, interesting. There are not enough good single-player first-person shooters out there. We had Doom last year that just brought back rip and tear and in style. Wolfenstein was a piece of shit in my well, opinion. Well, you know, no accounting for taste. Maybe if it was you hunting orcs <laughs> in a forest for four fucking days, then it would have been more fun. 
I quit that game for your information. So, so in any case, <laughs> Wolfenstein, uh, the it, it's it was so depressing. I will say one of my biggest problems with it was it it was scary. This is a game where you're on the moon shooting Nazis in one scene, and you're in an honest to god concentration camp in another. Yeah. It got really it got too real for something as cartoony as it is. So, yeah, uh, agree, what's it yeah. called? Uh, what it is, what's, uh, I think really, really big for it is I just more options for single player FPS gamers. And that brings us to you, Nazi. What's your one, I am really looking forward mm. to this title for E3 this year? The thing is, I don't really have anything. Like, Don't cop out. Like, Answer the question. No, 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 no. I mean, it, look, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have. Persona 6. No, 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 no. That, that's not going to happen until a good. I mean, it took 10 years for Persona 5 to come out. No, not 10, more like 7. But anyway, In any case. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see the typical shit, right? We're going to see a new Forza Motorsport. We're going to see a. We we already know that there's a new Battlefront. We already know that there's a Red Dead Redemption. Battlefront uh, is gonna be huge with the ten people that Duty are still playing Battlefront FIFA. right now, <laughs> or something like that. And we're obviously not gonna, gonna get be the Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty World War Two, yeah. Uh, and we yeah we're gonna see the typical Call of Duty. We're probably gonna see. I don't think we're gonna see a new Battlefield. I think more we're gonna see like some sort. They're gonna wing it something into like a season yeah. two of Battlefield One. Like, you know, like, it's just a, 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 a 2017 edition of a season pass with shit, a lot of more maps and more game modes and more I, teams and whatever. I actually think, I actually think they might introduce uh, how they're going to be putting Battlefield 1 into esports, that new mod that's been leaking recently. Uh, yeah, so I'm, maybe. I'm actually maybe. Probably. I mean, because, because Battlefield 4, they're pretty good in terms of esports. I mean, not... In the crazy world of the Call of Duty World League, for example, with the, the flamboyant qualifiers with MLG and all that. But it's still, it was pretty decent. Uh, if I wanted to see something, I think I want to see something really crazy that nobody expects. Like, I want to see, I want to see a new Metroid, for example. Like yeah, you'll that. see that never. Nintendo... I honestly think it's not that they're always tone deaf. I, I really do think that maybe they've taken the franchise in as many directions as they can. Uh, I, I, they're, they've been very quiet about it. I don't think they're interested in reviving Metro. Uh, uh, but other than that, I really hope that, uh, that we'll see more of Kingdom Hearts 3, which... Sadly, I'm hearing chatter that um, isn't going to be there. Yeah, no, it's, it's getting been, delayed. They're, they're it's getting it delayed. Again. Coming out after Death Stranding, uh, <laughs> or, or, or after The Last Guardian 2, or something like that. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's there's. But other than that, I just want to see uh, probably my favorite thing. I think there's going to be a major announcement uh, linked to Overwatch. Uh, Things that kind of been kind of toned down with Overwatch, uh, you know, like the seasonal. Their announcements not... have sucked. Yeah, 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 and and yeah. and they're not like it's not getting the buzz it used to, and you can feel it even uh, in the way they're kind of trying no, to talk uh, look, to people on social it's media. It's plateaued. It's still huge. It's it's. Yeah, uh, it's... By the way, we forget the Koreans play the shit out of that game, so that means it's going to last yeah, yeah, another four hundred sure. years. That, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, it's it's 
but I think they're 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 probably gonna announce something major again, something on par with how Rainbow Six went and how I think Battlefield One is gonna be. Which games is some, a service. Some some you sort of you yeah, games annual. Ser- exactly. You just release exactly. one thing and just iterate on it. Um, In any the case, other thing, yeah, yeah. The other thing is I want to see more of Destiny Two, and that's just because I'm a sucker for Destiny, uh, even though everyone is bashing it and I'm bashing it as well. Well, that's uh, what fans do. More if, you didn't, if you didn't yeah. love it, you wouldn't criticize it. Yeah. In any case, uh, speaking of Destiny, our destiny is to return to this podcast. But for now, we're going to be calling it uh, not quits, <clears throat> yep. but pauses. So, pauses. unlike with Dark Souls, we can actually pause this uh, yep. because it's casual, I guess. Anyway, I'm not going to get carried away with the metaphor. Uh, yep. For what it's worth, uh, thank you guys for season one. Obviously, the guys are going to have their own sign-offs. It's been great talking games and passively aggressively arguing with Luciano about how stupid World of Warcraft is. I quit the game. I got threatened. He got threatened. It by was, who? I got threatened it was, by my it, wife. Oh. It, was, <laughs> it was. It was choose one world. All right, you guys want to add oh anything here? I uh, let's let's have Luciano. Let's have Luciano say. Uh, 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 a we shall see you again uh, to the fan before I end up this Luciano we shall see you again to the fan that's it (laughs) so easy Uh, right so to all your fans don't forget you can always subscribe to us you can also listen to all the other uh, episodes in case you didn't hear them they're on iTunes this ain't YouTube you have Google SoundCloud TuneIn Stitcher Google Play everywhere you want uh, and of course, don't uh, forget to uh, tell your friends. Join our Facebook page, and we're obviously we have our traditional uh, medium, which is pgprofessional.com, where we'll be giving you a bunch of reviews every month uh, from all the games that we try out, and sometimes features and articles. So until I think September. Yes, September. Until September, uh, we shall see you again. And thank you so much <coughs> to all the fans uh, for season one. It's been great. And uh, thank you so to much you. to our corporate sponsors. I just want to thank Gearbox, yes. G2A. Uh, they've done a great job with us. Uh, I want to thank Warner Brothers. They've been really helpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I love you all, peeps. <laughs> None of those people sponsor us, but I'm a fan. <laughs> a fan, massive fan. We're massive fan. Thank you, gaming industry, for helping us uh, make content for and for us to have a voice and to talk to random stranger over the internet. Uh, so until September, we shall see you again. And this is the VGP Radio. See you next September. Later. Bye.